everyone. Welcome to Melinda Chats. I am super excited today. Um, I actually get to speak with someone in my own area of Texas, which is also cool because I I usually talk to people all far and away, and this has kind of been kind of neat to see somebody close. And so um, Bob McCraney is with us, and uh, I'm going to let you tell a little bit about yourself. First of all, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty darn good. Pretty darn good, good, but that's, I think, all you can ask for in life, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's things we can talk about, but it's not worth it. It won't change (laughs) why I do it. Yeah, agreed. (laughs) Unless we decide we need to talk about it, and then we'll jump in. (laughs) That'll be a private session. They're not doing that on this one. Um, Well, kind of tell a little bit about yourself and um, jumpstart us into what you want to say and kind of where you're coming from. And then I'll jump in and ask some questions if that sounds good to you. So I'm Bob McCraney. I have lived in Texas since uh, 1987. Uh, Grew up on the East coast in the Northern Virginia area. Um, Came out in 1992 and uh, I'm not even going to do the math. I'm just going to put the years out there and let people figure it out. Um, and, and I usually have one, one or two rules when I'm talking to people is just laugh at me, laugh near me. It, these are more fun when people have humor. Um, so yeah, I've been out since 1992. I've seen a whole lot of Dallas and a whole lot of Texas change over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, some of that change has been very good and some of that change has been very regressive. And um, I, I am a big advocate for equality. I also... Um, you cannot fight for the rights of one without fighting for the rights of all. It's not, not right. to Word. Be the, the, the road. Uh, when I came out in 1992, um, I went downtown to a, a, a small group called gay and lesbian young adults in Dallas. In Dallas. It was, it was a special interest group of the Dallas gay and lesbian Alliance. Now, mind you, they had just added the lesbian to Dallas gay Alliance. And there had been a big kerfuffle over that but it was the lesbians who treated and took care of all the gay men who were dying. Right. So the gays and the lesbians got together and had the Dallas Gay and Lesbian Alliance. The youth group that I started, or I didn't start, I, I started going to, cause I was coming out and going through that process. Eventually I ended up kind of being like a, a mentor for the group as I aged up into my twenties. They had a bisexual, gay, gay, lesbian, bisexual young adults. And boy, did the parent group be like, Oh, who, what now, who are these people you're bringing in? So now we're LGBTQ plus, I mean, the, just seeing the dynamic change over the years for the movement to, to be first splintered and then more inclusive and still splintered and still more inclusive just to watch the growth of the local LGBTQ movement change mm-hmm. and to watch Texas change around us and get real scary again. It's just been such an arc of growth. It and has been it. I think here in Texas, we really have, it's been a little bit of a journey in through the last couple. And we are not years. done with this journey at all. Yeah. We are not done with this not journey. At all. Yeah. So, so much yeah, I agree. I agree with you and seeing that growth and then deterioration and then growth and then deterioration. And yes. Um, so I interrupted your story. Go no, ahead. no, please. This, I'm, I'm interruptible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is how conversations happen, overlapping, overlapping squirrel thoughts, and you just end down on another rabbit trail. You're my kind of human. 
<laughs> so, so you did see that beginning, especially here in Texas, where it starts off one direction and then in the 80s, yes, right. like that community diving in and lesbians really jumping in to, to go, okay, hey, we got to help. We got to work together. We got to do this. I was and about then, five yeah. years five years young for that generation. The gener- we lost a whole generation of, of gay mm-hmm. men. Yes. Um, just because of my age, I missed that generation by about five, seven years. So I came along after there was, you know, a, a little bit of progression on drugs and, and tests and things like that. Um, but, you know, there was still the sodomy law in Texas, 2106. Yeah. Uh, it was still illegal to be you and me. Mm-hmm. They, they could use that to justify not renting a home to us, not selling a home to us, not employing us. Um, unless they caught you in the actual act of sex, it was very rare that somebody got charged with that crime. But that that law was used to prohibit you from doing other things in society because you were admitting to be a crim- criminal. Correct. Okay. So it was also very hard to overturn that law because nobody's been charged with it. So how do you bring a case against a charge that isn't there? But by the way, you, we're not going to rent this house. So in Texas, when the Supreme Court in a 5-4 in a decision decided that sodomy laws across the country had to go away, Texas just left it on the books, even though they can't enforce it right now. They left it as what they call a trigger law, so that when the Supreme Court someday maybe changes that law back and says, well, we're overruling that decision, Texas doesn't even have to pass it again. It's immediately back and forth. The same, and I think I put this in my notes to you, the same, the same law that they're going right now against women in Roe v. Wade is yes. predicated on the same part of the Constitution that, that decriminalized the sodomy laws and gave us gay marriage. If they can knock that part out, they can get rid of everything that we built in one, one decision. Because now we don't have a 5-4 court. We have a 6-3 the wrong way. Yep. And Texas has just been waiting for this day. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Texas is one of those kind of, um, let's say, it is, there's so much more diversity than whenever I was a teenager here. Mm-hmm. Like, I've, I've been in Texas all my life, and there was so, there's so much more diversity. There, there are places that people can, in the community, go and be safe. There's still a lot of places that you can't be, you know, but we're, we're still, people move in a lot for that grassroots kind of underlining. Um, well, if you say, if you've got hatred, then yeah, I'm going to admit that I have hatred. And then all of a sudden you've got all this, these people kind of working against just treating other humans with dignity, you know, instead of, and they have been waiting for this for a long time. I thought that people had kind of passed over this. It's my right to say, you know, but now that we're even questioning like a woman's body, I'm like, oh yeah, they're going full circle. They want to take it full circle back around. They, they're they criminalizing, helping people vote mm-hmm. by giving them water in line. They're criminalizing uh, people being you know, un, uh, people coming across the border when they're a baby, you know, there, there, there are legal ways to enter the country. They're blocking even the legal ways, mm-hmm. you know, so they're going after anybody who's, who's slightly not white. They're going after anybody who's slightly not male, anybody who's slightly not Christian, anybody who's slightly not straight. 
and believe me, there's a lot of people slightly not straight out there because, you know, they're, they're out there. Um, so it's really, there is so much diversity in our state. And frankly, in our city, I live in Carrollton. There's a huge amount of diversity in our city. What's diversity? But it's not but, represented in our government. Yes, that, that's they're where we go back around to. Who they let into that velvet rope by how they redistrict their, their, their lines, who they support and who they don't, how much money this person gets and that person doesn't. And they'll have a strong woman mayor mm-hmm. or they'll have an African-American police chief, but they don't diversify the whole structure. The whole structure. So they want that tokenism. Yeah. No, I completely. It's interesting to me to watch that. You know, there there are the acceptable gay person who's you know in the Republican Party, and I'm like, that's no, that's not us. But they tokenize each of these demographics to say, well, see, we got one of you, and we got one of you. So shut up. That's not how this works. Well, there's, you know, and I still feel like there's a lot of internalized stuff that people don't ever process or deal with. And so they can, you know, split out those, hey, you know, there's a lot of good stuff over over on the right. There's a lot of good stuff over on the left. But whenever it comes down to just humans and mm-hmm. human decency, it's really hard to not see that kind of black and white. And I'm not talking about Republican, Democratic, this or that, but like to read that and to not be able to identify exactly this is not treating a human like a human and this is treating a human like a human, (laughs) like that is scary. I think that's what um, really does upset me, you know, for me to get a knock on my door years later and have someone who's, you know, asking about, well, we're hoping that it's two sister names. No, no, seriously. You got to knock on your door. Yep. My wife is at home. And I was, you know, with my daughter, my daughter-in-law somewhere. Who was it was asking this question? Oh, somebody that was going to buy a local home, you know, and, and luckily our neighbors, you know, are beautiful humans. And they're like, whoa, whoa, we don't, that's not, that's not our kind of people, you know, not because they agree or don't agree with us, but because we're humans that are respectful and mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And that kind of thing. But yeah, no, this was probably no, they were coming than... to check out their future neighbors. Yeah. Wow. They didn't move in. <laughs> our, our okay. neighbors did so. <laughs> so I get that call from two different sides. Cause I'm a real estate broker. I run Texas pride realty group. Mm-hmm. Some people think I just love Texas. And the name just says Texas pride because we're just down home. Good old country folk. And then other people get that we're a diversity-centric brand. Yes. So I get two types of phone calls. I'll get the the, the phone call from um, people on the East or West Coast, and they're like, my partner and I are being transferred by Toyota. Where can we put our kids in school and not get shot? And they're honestly, that's an honest question. That's it. Second phone call I get, usually coming from California these days, because there's a lot of Californians moving to Texas, because mm-hmm. you know they're leaving that liberal state and going to that bastion of conservatism Calling County, Texas, and they'll call up and say, we want to have 10 acres within 30 minutes of the city where we can put two homes and have a gun range. That's not going to happen because we're not the old West. You just can't buy 10 acres in a municipality or outside of the municipality and have a gun range and have a compound. But what you were just talking about, as far as people forgetting they're just people and there's a baseline bigotry that just hums in the background of everything we do Mm -hmm. in this state 
And it's just this, this, this sound you almost can hear, but you definitely know it's there. Yes. And especially if you get outside the, the larger cities, if you get outside DFW or whatever, you're going to run across white, white pride flags, you know, white power flags, excuse me. And, yeah. and, you know, the, the racism and the, the bigotry that's out there is they're not hiding it anymore. They're putting the flag in the back of their truck and driving it down LBJ. I, I've seen some, I saw one here locally and I'm like, is that even, can you do that? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, so no, I, I completely agree. And it's, Sorry, un- I'm, I'm, I'm no, 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 we can go in. No, I know. I know. And this is what I'm saying. Like there is so much, you know, information in these stories and these journeys, but like that, that pivots to why you're working and why you're involved in the community. Right. And so, yeah, I, I, I moved into Carrollton in uh, uh, 1998 and my partner at the time and I, uh, we bought a house together and uh, I got involved because I wanted to, to get to know the city better. And I was reading the local paper and they were profiling two people running for mayor. One was a son of the congressman. And I knew that congressman did not like our people. Mm-hmm. And the other was a lady named Becky Miller. And she was running and she mentioned diversity and something else. And so I called her up. I was like, this is before social media. You know, AOL was still a thing. Look it up in the archives. Um, yeah, exactly. So I called her up and we met at a coffee shop. And I was like, I'm going to help your campaign. I don't know. I've watched every episode of The West Wing. I can do this. Um, and so I thank you. But seriously, I literally watched The West Wing. I was like, I can make change in my. So we we. We ran that campaign and we beat the son of the congressman 50.1%. Barely. And suddenly they were all targeting, who's this gay guy on Becky Miller's campaign? Get this gig. And they wrote me up in the newspaper. They wrote me up that I was a realtor and that people should Google me to find out if I, my values match theirs. I've, over the years, oh. since then, received three death threats. It's just insane the level mm-hmm. of bigotry in this town. Now, Becky stood by us. She rode in the parade. There was a big backlash for her being in the parade. One of the local churches signed a petition and, and said, you know, we don't believe the city council or the mayor should meet with gay or lesbian citizens in this city without, without permission. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's like, what? This is, we're just people. We just want to participate in city governance. We're not asking for special rights. We're just asking to be at our place in the table, which we should not even ask for. It should be there. Yes. That's exactly so, right. so that's why we started, or I started Carrollton Pride. Uh, I think it was around 2006. We started Carrollton Pride because I knew that if they keep knocking on my door, you know, beating me down, eventually they think they can get rid of the one gay guy. And my partner at the time was really pissed off. He's like, who do they think you live with? There's not just one. There's, you know, they always travel in pairs. Um, but <laughs> thank you. But we started Carrollton Pride and we just started meeting for dinners once once a month. And then city elections came along and we're like, okay, we're gonna have a city forum. We're gonna have invite everybody who's running for council to come talk to us. And the first couple of those we had like just a smattering of people. City elections are determined by maybe a couple hundred votes. Mm-hmm. There are what 130,000 people in Carrollton, of which maybe 4,000 vote on a good election, on, a, on, a, on an election when nothing else is up, maybe it's, you know, you know, 1,500. If, if you want to bring a voting population to you, come to our meetings, come get to know us. So our, our early forums were just really kind of, you know, a couple of p- people sitting in a room. 
our, our currently our forums like get the biggest turnout for the forums in the city. People want to come ask for our vote now. And some of them are not on our side. Some of them are very open about, yeah, I'm not so much on, the, but today's city council member becomes tomorrow's state legislator. And tomorrow's state legislator becomes the next congressperson. So we need to know who you are and understand what you're standing for. And are you representing all the families that have moved into the city? Are you representing this one little group of families? So who are you, who are you here for? So getting involved and I, that's impressive and getting involved in that, you know, it does, it helps you understand like, okay, so I'm sitting down at the table, they're sitting down at the table and we don't all see eye to eye and they're going to keep moving up Mm -hmm. and we need to know how to handle that. And we also need to take care of and educate and all those kind of things that come along with what has grown in our community, you know, over the last couple of decades. It's, it's very interesting in city elections. And this is true. I think of every city that's in the, the Metroplex city elections are nonpartisan. So you don't declare yourself Republican or Democrat, but we know pretty much where your, where your loyalties lie. But when you leave city council and run for county office or state office, suddenly the R or the D shows up. Yeah, yes. In the Republican platform, there are planks in the platform that say, we want to reverse gay adoption. We want to reverse gay marriage. We want to reinstate the sodomy laws. If you put an R after your name, you have to adopt to the platform. I'd like to know today, before you become this next major person, how do you feel about us? Because by the way, you know us, you've been, our, you've been to our meetings, you get to know who we are. How can you be against those things and then come to our meetings and ask for a vote? I just, I'd like to know. Mm-hmm. And so with that said, it makes you think, okay, if somebody can sit at a table with me and talk to me about casual stuff, but they can talk to me, but then they go home and they decide that they need to dictate who I live with, you know, you know, what I do and everything else. So then they're making me be just a criminal for existing. Yes. And so, but it, and it seems like there is so much, you know, reverting and things going backwards, you know, for, for instance, you know, a few years back, whenever that happened and, you know, I, you know, we get a knock on our door about that blew my mind. I did not even realize that was at the beginning of the, the kind of the brazenness of like, I don't go to people's doors and go, Hey, are you by chance heterosexual? Tell me what your sex looks like. (laughs) So what was your reaction when your, when your wife told him no? Oh, she handled it perfectly. I I want to, I would love to have a ring doorbell on their faces (laughs) when, when they're like, no, we're not sisters. She handled it beautifully. And I was amazed. Little did they know that we have, you know, a pretty diverse family in itself. And I would be scared to walk up to anybody's door and knock on the door and ask that not for any, for anything, because they have no idea. Like, are there, you know, do people carry guns in this place? Do people not carry guns? Do people have this? Do people have that? You know, like it's amazing. And so I, I found it amazing. Not that anybody happy to be worried about. No, it's it's astonishing that somebody would walk up to somebody else's door, somebody else's property and inquire as to the nature of the people who live there. Yes. 
but that's, you know, but that's some of the. And then still claim to be for individual rights. Yeah, this is some of the, but this is some of the stepping back that we've done. And so I do feel like, like my company and, you know, and things that I do, you know, this is my podcast and it's, it's not therapy or anything like that, but, you know, in my, in my day job, you know, I work with a very diverse community, you know, and, and I love that. And so it's, it's awesome, but there's also things that come along with that, you know, that I have to make sure my clinicians, um, you know, they know, no, at no time does this get left unlocked at no time does this get, no, you know, these are certain precautions that we have to take. And, you know, and it is different, different responses between, you know, someone, a part of the community and someone who is, you know, cishet. And it does seem to be like a different and not in a bad way, but just in like, I know it, I do know that you don't get this. Anybody who works in my environment is, it is a very non-judgmental space, (laughs) but. Until people have been the other in the room, they don't get it. And when they are the other in the room, it freaks them out. If they go to a predominantly African-American club or restaurant and they're the only one in there, oh my gosh, the uncomfortable comments they make. You know, yep. you've not been the only gay guy in a room of straight people. You don't get it until you've been the only woman in a boardroom of men. You don't get it. Correct. Correct. You know, and and it is it is. And we all have our implicit and our our biases. We I I'm not above it. It's just you're not going to understand what it's like to be us until you're outside of who you are. Yes. Well, and a common thread is, is I have to voice, you know, like I do walk around in white skin, you know, mm-hmm. and so I don't have an understanding of things. And so I understand what I've learned from a book. I understand what, you know, I've been taught of understand what has been brought to the table to me, but I do not have that exact experience. Mm-hmm. And so there's some, there's is distortion in my understanding of that. And I'm, I'm okay with admitting that. Right. Right. And we're here to listen and learn yep. and to and, share, but listen and learn. Yeah. Yeah. And so anyway, ooh, we could talk for forever. I can already tell. <laughs> so, so, okay. So we've talked a little bit about some of the reasons why you got into helping with the community. We've talked a little bit about the reasons why it has become so um, incredibly, you know, difficult for yeah. us to really move. For instance, um, have there been any barriers? And I know we've touched a little bit on this because we've kind of kind of been all around, but um, is there anything else that we did not mention with like the barriers or the accomplishment, you know, in moving past some of these things? Um, I know I've been privileged getting in and out of things and, and the real estate has been interesting because when I first got into real estate in 2003, there were two openly lesbian brokerages in town. There was Lori Master at Master Realtors and Deb Elder at West Elder Real Estate. And they were friends, but they were two different companies. Mm-hmm. And they both worked in the 75219 Oak Lawn, you know, you know, area. They were on opposite sides of Cedar Springs Road. And you worked for one or the other. Now there were other gay brokers in town who were in the closet who didn't want to be known for being gay and would be like, you know, at the bars on the weekends, but hiding behind their fan looking at people. Mm-hmm. Um when when I was at West Elder for two years, and Deb is an amazing friend, I love her, uh, and, but she and her partner, Mona West, Reverend Mona West, moved 
And because Mona's a, a minister and she got a church out of town. I started interviewing for where I should go. And I'm like, yes, I'm Bob. I have a ad in the Dallas voice and I've got a car in the parade and we're just super proud and rainbows and everything. And some of the other brokerages who were in the community who made pretty much all their money off of gays were like, well, we don't want you to be in the paper and we wouldn't want you to have our name in the parade. We would want to just kind of stay back. And I'm like, no, can't work for you. Yeah. Can't work for you. So I eventually just kind of made my own space um, and eventually opened Texas Pride Realty. And I'm like, we're just going to be us. We're just going to be ourselves. And I hire agents who have been walked out of other brokerages because they just didn't fit. You know, this person has tattoos and that person has blue hair and this person has, you know, too many earrings and this person is just too fay for the words, you know, that sort of thing. You come work for me. You come work for me. You come buy houses with me. We'll we'll take care of you all day. And we interview all the trades that we work with, uh-huh. whether it's a lender or an, or an insurance person or a title person or whatever. I'll take them to lunch or to drinks. So I'll be like, hey, I just want to talk to you, find out a little bit about you. I have no idea who this person is. Usually they're, you know, het cis sort of person. And I just want to say, these are the people I'm bringing to the table. If your face is going to make a face, it needs to make a face right now because it better damn well not make a face when we sit down with my client. Yes. And I've eliminated people because they just didn't get it. Or they once they figured it out, they were like, oh, yeah. And that's fine. But mostly we refer only to, to family or allies. And it better be one of the two or we're just not going to be able to work together. Because I want my clients and, and my people to want to be able to build wealth by by owning real estate because it is your biggest bank account. We can talk about that forever. But I also <laughs> want them to feel confident in in their in their um, in their purchase that they're dealing with people who really care about them. Mm-hmm. Because my my like I said, my first partner and I bought a house together in in '98, and that realtor worked for a brokerage I won't mention because I wasn't licensed yet, and it was very uncomfortable. We could not find an insurance company that would insure two men in the same house. One of us had to be listed as a renter. And I'm like, no, that's not how this works. Our cable installer showed up at the house, started installing the cable, figured out who lived lived there and left. We had to have the cable company come back out with somebody else because that person was not going to be in a house with gay men. And it's, I mean, that's not like a major, you know, thing, but it's just the little nuances of what happens. But it is, you know. It, One of it, you has to be listed as wife, husband, and wife. Yeah, it, and it is, and it it, it getting to make because you know, whenever I talk to people, I'm like, I know, but what are you paid for? Oh, you paid for teaching kids. Okay, well, then you just need to teach the kids. <laughs> you yeah. need to decide and ask them about top surgery if they're going to have it you know yeah. that's inappropriate in so many different realms yeah and so it, it is this kind of weird space that people are crossing over and feeling privileged to kind of ask questions or to have opinions about things that right. no did you get your paycheck because if you got your paycheck then you just do your job and you know and and you don't like you don't have to have an opinion on some of that other stuff. Sometimes you just teach or sometimes you just, you know, um, work at a bank or something like that. But as far as with this particular one and working in the community, I mm-hmm. do think it's important that we have places that are identified as right. 
you know, like part of my spiel is the same thing. This is a non-judgmental place. I am more than happy to educate. I'm more than happy to do however, no discrimination, no bias. Mm-hmm. That can't come in here and we can talk about it and process it, but like this has to be a safe space. Yeah. And so I just feel like it should be like that no matter what. Yeah, see, that's, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> that's where you and I feel that way. But a lot of people feel victimized by the the, the by equality. Well, I worked hard and I got good grades in school and I worked my way up to this and they they just want it for free. They, they don't want it for free. They just want the the place to be able to go to the schools and yeah. to have the chance to work their way up and to not be paid less because of their gender or or not even considered because of their skin tone. I mean, it's just or or because of their gender identity or their sexuality or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's yeah. just baffling to me that people object to equality, except for the fact that maybe if everybody was equal, they wouldn't have an advantage. Yeah, if it was all like the same size all the way around of pie, then that may be confusing. You know, there's more pie. There's more pie. (laughs) No, I know. That's what I mean. I mean, resource. Yeah. Yeah. But no, what I'm saying is that if everybody had the equal amount, then you wouldn't need to, you have just as much as everybody else in the room. And there's tons more where that came from. You know, we don't, we don't have to fight over, no, I need for you to only see it this way. You know, I need for you to only like, I don't, yeah. I mean, I don't have like a, no, you have to look like this checked box. Right. right. No. Um, and I hope more, of the spaces become like that. You know, I hope, I hope more businesses can take over and say, okay, like this is cool. We just non-judgmental we're diverse, da, 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 you know? And, and that's really scary. And, um, and I do understand that it's, it's difficult whenever it's primary income. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, um, Okay, so what about things? I know. What about things that I've just I've enjoyed this. Um, what about things that you think of, like, um, as like last minute kind of thoughts that you would want to throw in? Is there anything that you'd want to throw in? And we can always circle back around and talk again. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> um, I'm just I'm just spidering off of this. Um, right now, I'm just super intent on watching where we're going. Um, I'm really intent on, on being sure that that things don't go one way or the other bad for us. And I, we have very little control over it, but I'm watching the signs of that. Um, also trying to find joy while that's happening. And we've all been locked in for almost you know, on and off for 22 months now, yeah. 20 some odd months now. Um, we've all been through a pandemic, a blizzard that tried to kill us, an electrical grid that died, um, you know, the pandemic too, um, the shortages and everything. When I say, hey, how are you doing? I don't want anybody to say fine. <laughs> None of us are fine. Cool. We all have PTSD about this. I was in a I was in a room um two weeks ago at a conference with four thousand people in the room. I was one of five folks wearing a mask. Oh my gosh. And of course it was here in Dallas where there are no rules about wearing masks and no rules about social distancing. But it felt weird to be back in that space. 
Mm-hmm. It's going to be, and I'm, I tell everybody, I, I do fist bump. I don't do handshake anymore. I tell them I'm doing rock, not paper. Um, so I, oh, I'm so using that because I, use oh yeah, it. I'm doing rock, not paper. Yeah. All right, someday I'll do scissors, but not now. Um, <laughs> but it's going to take people time to get, get back to, or there may not ever be that normal again. Yeah. We're, we're coming into winter. I mean, this is October. What are we on? October 20. Our power grid hasn't been fixed. They've had three sessions in the legislature to get 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 rid of trans rights and women voting and, and women having having ownership of their body. Mm-hmm. African Americans voting and women having ownership of their bodies. Um, they've done nothing with the power grid. What happens when we have snow next next winter? Yeah. Should we be preparing in some way for that? Should we all be having our own little independent power grid? Well, they, what do we do? They have to get in the direct dart at the, you know, the, we got to hit this right now, Who, you know, and then we'll take care of that other later. But now the fact is, is that the other it does make sense to be looking at that because once again, it goes back to treating humans as humans. So then it becomes an, you know, not your problem to dictate what happens, right. you know, in someone else's home. Right. So I have loved having you on. Thank you. I am excited about maybe us chit-chatting again. And, sure. um, and it is so interesting to hear you say names. I'm 51 and to hear you say some things and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. I can't remember that name. I remember this name. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's interesting because I've, well, but I've lived here all my life. Yeah. And so, um, so anyway, I have had, it's been my pleasure and my honor to have you on. Well, thank and you for so, having me. Thank you so much. And I look forward to talking to you again and hopefully seeing you in the community and, okay. and doing some things together. I would love that. Okay. So I will see you later. Thank you. And for everybody who is listening or watching the podcast, um, thank you so much for sitting down on the couch with us and having a chat. And we appreciate it. Thank you for joining Melinda Chats. See you next week.